This is another one. Welcome, 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 people. Look, got a lot on mind today, a lot on the plate today. But before we actually kick off this episode, I do want to give a quick disclaimer. And here it is. The statements in this show no way insinuates that teachers are bad people. It also doesn't insinuate that parents are bad people. But there are some times where people are going to bat for their position and it can get kind of dicey. So, after the break, we are going to go in. Let's go! There's a process to making great designs. It starts with understanding the intended use. If you are looking to have your graphic used on flyers, websites, broadcast TV, or even billboards, Dynamic Works can and will listen to your branding needs and use their 15 plus years of graphic design experience to create a dynamic design that will have your audience captivated. They have an easy process from start to final design no matter where you live. Go to dynamicworks.com. www.dynamicworks.com. Simple, clean, dynamic. Okay, so here's the situation. Student has been doing very good all year. Student hasn't had any problems, any bad remarks. No teacher has said anything bad about the student. Student is getting pretty good grades. Then, out of the blue, student gets an email to the house, to the parent, that basically says um, that the student has been doing things that really and truly if you really look at the situation, could be considered as minor, right? Minor things, not not nothing major, you know, got in a fight or something like dump somebody in the trash can, put them in the locker or nothing like that. You know, just something minor, okay? Then whatever you think something minor is, let's put that there. Now, so next thing you know, about a week or so later, Another email to the house. Same thing, something minor. In addition to something minor, they also uh, CC the principal. But here's the thing. The thing about it is these emails are coming from the same teacher. So my question here is, is there something going on with this teacher or are the things that the student is doing bad enough to warrant an email to the house that's kind of the situation all right so what should a parent do in that situation should a parent go up to the school create a ruckus why is this teacher always trying to nitpick my child or should the parent like you know just talk to the student and tell him to be good and stay away from that teacher 
Or should we just let it go? The thing about it is, as a parent, because you know me and Khadijah RBZ, who is in the studio? What up, y'all? <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. that, that, that. Anyway, um, so what I'm having trouble with here is really trying to figure out what's the best course of action because if you have and I didn't say this but if you have a a student and I know some of you out there are thinking where I'm where I'm about to go but if you have a student that's one race and you have a teacher that's another race could that be why they're being nitpicky for this student especially if that student of one race is the only or one of the only students of that race in their class. So I I don't know. I mean, I mean, so, you know, do you immediately jump on the fact that well, you're only picking him out because he's black or you only picking him out because he's white or you only picking him out because he's Mexican? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what is the, do you immediately go there or do you really look into the whole situation of, okay, could it be that it was literally like the, the problem was really bad or, or it looked bad in a classroom setting? You know what I'm saying? Or, or is it that they, um, the teacher, by the time they, the student got in that class, has just been fed up all day? You know what I'm saying? From dealing with so many students and they... What if they come out and they fed up first thing in the morning? Like, I mean, I don't know that it's often or I don't know if it has a lot to do with it being the end of the day. They're tired and they're irritated. And so when said student comes in the classroom, they're just over it. Or if it's just, you know, I'm not having a good day or if it's just, I wish the school year was over, so my tolerance level is short. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I and, 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 I mean, that's a good, that's a good thought process, you know. But, but, because I mean, if you think about it, the same way that as parents, by a certain time of the year, we ready for school to be over. You have to think about it. The students is ready for school to be over and the teachers are are ready for school to be over. That's why personally, if you're going to be a part of the system, the educational system, I think that one of the benefits to having a year round school is the fact that you intermittently get breaks. So that means that allows the teacher, it allows the students, it allows the parents, even though some of them get frustrated with having to find childcare, depending upon the age of the child. Um, it gives everybody a break so that you can regroup yourself, come back and be refreshed. You're not irritated by these kids because you've been dealing with them for 10 months straight. And the, 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 the parents are not frustrated because they've had to do this same cycle of pick up, drop off, pick up, drop off, you know, this, that, and the third. And then the students are not just tired because they just going and sitting in a classroom all day. Yeah. 
I mean, I definitely agree with that. That could be a re, uh, um, a way to advocate for a year-round school program. Um, well, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't. I'm not an advocate of the year-round school program. I'm just saying that's an alternative. I believe that we need to unschool because we've been schooled and we have a thought process that's based on this system that has been put in place to not advance our um, holistic knowledge. But that's so about you're to, that's about to start a whole other conversation. I thought I think you opened up with an issue <laughs> that you wanted to share with the the um, the listening audience. So I don't want to I don't want to derail the conversation. Well, I mean, it's not really derail because because I mean, all of that plays a part into how you actually deal with a situation that arises if you're skid if, if you're skid if your kid is in the United States school system. Well, I mean, it's not just limited to the United States, United States school system. I mean, we, you know, even in our last podcast, we made some references to the thing, to things in the United States. But there's um, a systemic issue across countries. So it's not limited to the United States. What I'm saying is that the way that this system is set up, there's not a lot of um, the ability for our kids to be well-rounded individuals from not just an educational perspective off of what is being taught but just what they can learn and grow from like for instance once you get out of high school you graduate from high school think about the things that you learned in high school and whether you're applying them to your to your life now and we place so much emphasis on these things to the point that you're emailing parents and that you're calling parents because kids aren't paying attention in class to learn this stuff that's not necessarily going to benefit them in the real world. As much um, of an advocate as I am for education and the educational system, or excuse me, not the educational system as we know it, but a, a system of education. I don't know that we are giving children the opportunity to really thrive and grow in the system that has been put in place in what we call education under the system. <laughs> the, the, the current standards. Under the current standards. So, I, I mean, I do agree with m- most people learn more not being in school right especially if your knowledge is gained as a result of doing things you can't just sit at home playing video games and expect for you to gain knowledge so like i'm gonna say this i'll use you as an example Mm -mm. yeah Mm -hmm. um you you have a, a, a a a knowledge that's like vast you're not just knowledgeable in one thing. For instance, you know, some people, they have a particular area that they they have a lot of knowledge in. But you know, like, bits and pieces of, like, a whole lot of stuff. And between you and Trey B, sometimes I'm like, good Lord, where, who even knows stuff like that? Like, I... <laughs> It, it boggles my mind sometimes where you all come up with this crap at. But, crap, crap, really? 
but you know it. And so if we're having a conversation and let's say the conversation leads to something scientific. So now this is a teachable moment and you have the opportunity to go into talking about whatever the molecular structure of the atoms are. And me, I'm sitting there like, okay, I can learn and the kids can learn. And the way that we learn that through an organic conversation is going to stick more than going into a classroom, being lectured, then having to remember something for a test, pass the test, and then you forget the information. Yeah, I I get that. I mean, for me and my learning style, it's I absorb a lot of things. You know, I pay attention um, when I'm listening to things, even if it is a lecture or even if it is someone just talking. You know, I'm a I'm a real advocate for TED Talks. I'm a real advocate for, you know, um YouTube videos because on YouTube videos that they, they show and prove they do things and they show it that, that that this is what this is so if you see it and you know that that's doing that um, then you kind of can you know what I mean like it, it's more like a a what do you call it when you when, when you have um, it's not a guess and it's not a guesstimation Hypothesis? no it, it man I don't even know the term right now but but anyway, you could kind of call it an educated guess, but it's more like when you're making you putting this piece, this piece, this piece, this piece, and it must equal that. What's that? Listeners, if you know what that is, please let me know. If I remember, I'll let you know. So anyway, but back to what I was saying. And in learning that way, that's kind of how you learn out when you're, let's say, with your parent and your parent is uh, fixing a car. Right. And you're trying to get um, the engine to start and you start talking about, you know, a starter and an alternator and a battery like it it leads from one thing to the next to the next to the next. And then you start to understand how all this stuff goes together. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't if you're learning it in segments, which is what they do in school. In school, they're going to give you a piece of it. And then they're going to go to the next piece of it. Then they're going to go to the next piece of it when they're not really telling you how it all goes together until the end. But by then you're so confused that you can't put it together. Right. So 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 with that being said, it's like if you're experiencing things in life and you're out and about, let's say, going from country to country, you're running into different issues. Mm -hmm. When you're running into these issues, that's when you start to. You, you have to learn because you have to overcome things. Right. As you're overcoming them, then then you start to know what does what, what goes with what, how does this thing really flow? And then you start to make your own decisions and you're like, okay, or, or your own, you could say a hypothesis at this point, right? Hypothesis or thesis as to what needs to happen to not have that issue again. And so when you're doing that, you just continue to learn. But it's a learning process because you're kind of you're going through the process. Um, but all of that to say that, yes, if someone is sitting in a classroom, they can get bored. 
They can get where they're not listening anymore. They're tuning out, which makes them start to think of other things. And when you start to think of other things, let's say, you know, um, you, you, you start taking your pencil and just drawing on the desk or, you know, uh, you start playing with somebody else in class or you start making jokes and stuff. And it's not necessarily because you're trying to be bad in class, but it's because you're not engaged you're bored. And then that person who is bored is then targeted and they are thought to be a troublemaker. And that seems like that's what happens to a lot of um, very smart people. Right. Well, I think that there are certain demographics of people because of their genetic makeup. Being enclosed is a challenge and... Not to say that there are not people who are able to overcome this challenge, but there are many more who cannot and they end up being labeled, stereotyped or, you know, tossed to the side and not given the adequate attention, proper attention. And it makes for a difficult learning experience for them or they put them on medication and that is that is a very very true statement and it's unfortunate that by uh, the third grade yeah third grade is 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 a crucial 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 grade for certain demographics of people and they'll either be held back or they will be put on medications because they'll be identified a certain way and nine times out of ten, that's not them. It's just going back to something that we've said repeatedly. The foods that you eat affect your ability to process information. Not only that, but it does affect your behavior. So if you're eating things that are um, laden with additives, sugars, hidden sugars... Uh, then it's going to affect your ability to sit still. I mean, I, I agree with that. But I also think it's based on learning style because not everybody learns the same way and, and, and takes in information the same way. Right. And, and I agree. I'm not negating that at all. However, regardless of learning style, if you're not eating the proper food and you can't sit still, it's not going to matter. Your mind is not processing information anyway. Because things aren't firing up the way that they should. I think that a lot of times when teachers start communicating with parents, one of the first things that happens is parents get on the defensive. Immediately. And it, it's easy to happen because, of course, we don't want to think as a parent that our child is doing anything wrong. But one of the things that I've always said, not just when it comes to my children, but when it comes to anybody, anything is possible. Right. So I'm not going to dismiss what this teacher is saying and I'm not going to say that this teacher is right because there's two sides to every story and then there's the truth. Right, but the teacher usually only wants you to hear their side and support them in right. their efforts. Right, well, that that's correct because they feel like I'm the adult in this situation, you're an adult, I'm right, and the child is wrong. And a lot of times because, and I'm not saying this is all teachers because I know some really, really, really great teachers. And I know some teachers who go above and beyond for students who are not um, 
great students. So, <laughs> not great students or mentally not there. I mean, whatever the case may be, you know, it doesn't that's neither here nor there but you have great teachers you have not so great teachers you have great students and you have not so great students and you have everything that's in between and so you have people who are trying to cipher um through all of this as a parent i know how my child behaves when they're around well excuse me how my children behave when they're around me i know how my children behave when they think that i'm not watching but i am watching so Am I going to totally dismiss anything that a teacher says? No. But what I am going to do is I am going to explore all sides of the story. And I'm going to do so with the uh, teacher and I'm going to do so with my child. And then I'm going to draw my own conclusions and we're going to work together to do whatever is necessary to rectify the problem. That's the bottom line for me. I am that parent. Right. But it, but but not rectify the problem as to make him compliant to you, the teacher, but make make the student and the teacher see the side that us the parent needs to make happen but not to make it draw away from the learning experience they're having or other children are having within that class i'm just trying to work out the situation so that it's conducive for my child to get what they're there for which is an education and for the teacher to teach the class that's the bottom line. I don't, I don't, as a parent, I wouldn't want to get no emails and phone calls. Like, who who wants to have to deal with that? Well, 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 truth be told, I do want that. I do want well, emails and I do want phone calls, but I want them to praise my child because my child is doing the right things at all times. Okay. And, and, and that's, that's a, that's a, a good thing if they do do that. But realistically, you're not going to have teachers emailing you and calling you all the time to say that your child is good. Well, they're not going to email or call at all if my child is good. What they're going to do is wait until my child is bad to then contact me. For, for me, I don't want a teacher calling me and emailing me with negativity. Let me be specific. Um, because that's not what I'm here for. And honestly... I do feel like if you are going to communicate with me, let's have balanced communication. And when I say balanced communication, and maybe this is something that teachers could think about. I'm not a teacher. I don't know what your workload is. All I know is that there's more than 10 people in your classroom. So you probably do have a lot of work to do. And then not to mention, you probably rotating classroom classes. So I get that it's not... Um, it's not like you have a whole lot of free time, but I think that balanced communication with parents is important because that let let that will let parents know that you're not one sided in, in your communication with them. Oh, they only call me or they only text me or they only email me when there's a problem versus, you know, oh, I like how this teacher communicates with me throughout the year. Just to let me know what's going on. And some people may say, well, you can just reference the comments section on your on your progress reports or your report cards. Well, honestly, I don't think that that's going to be um, balanced communication still. I think that every now and again, you know, to, to let a parent know, you know, hey, such and such had a great week. You know, they are mastering this concept. I am really happy to see that, you know, they are overcoming X, Y, and Z, whatever. I mean, that makes a parent feel good. That encourages the student. And then I really think that the interaction with the parent and the, the teacher is better also. But parents also can't be quick to flip, the, flip their wig when they do get 
communication from the teacher because a lot of times, negative communication right negative communication um a lot of times parents are quick to go up to the school and try to turn over flip over tables and their child is bad facts and they know their child bad facts so why you up here trying to flip on everybody and your child is bad my thing is, I've never been that parent that I'm going to flip on anybody. Now, if you touch my child, yeah, I'm going to have a problem with that. Because we, we, we've, we've never okayed that. Now, somebody pointed out to me a couple years ago that in the state of North Carolina, um, corporal punishment yep. is okay in school. It was. I know all about corporal punishment being okayed in schools, but my parents did not agree with that because I was I, I was supposed to get it a couple, two, three times in school. But the thing about it was I said, you know, well, they gave me the choice. They said either you stand up, put your hands on your desk, uh, put your hands on the desk, and we're going to give you a couple swats with this paddle, or we can call your mama. I said, well, call my mama then. <laughs> cause, I, cause you ain't hit me for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Mm, that that that's a horse of a different color. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, but probably that was some years ago. ago. Yeah. But, well, obviously, <laughs> um, probably not this conversation. But I think that parents have to be mindful of how they are in interacting with teachers. The same way we want balanced communication from the teachers as parents. We've got to show up. We've got to be in the classroom. We've got to volunteer at schools. We've got to get to know the parents. We've got to get to know the students. We can't just drop our kid off every day and expect... You mean get to know the teacher? No, the other students in the school. No, you said we need to get to know the parents. Them too. Right, so, okay, so you're talking about just building a community. Yes, that's what it's all about. It is about community. And the thing about it is when you have that type of relationship, then it's easier to ensure that your student is in line and doing the right thing. Or if there is a an issue, there's a system of checks and balances. But also you, you, you know that that teacher is not saying it because of other issues. Right, right. And then also, if you've built a relationship or you've built a rapport with these teachers, then, you know, their ability or their willingness to come to you and say things off the record or their willingness to, you know, just give you a heads up is greater than if they don't know you or if the only time you come up here is when you're trying to cut somebody out. Yeah, I, I think I think your demeanor when you approach them also and, the, and your tone and your reply, reply emails or whatever. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you right now, I can be very matter of fact. And very snap on some emails. <laughs> well, not just on emails, but in, in, in my face to face interaction. I know that I can be very, very, very sharp and very matter of fact. And your face shows it all. And it probably does. I had a dude tell me years ago. It's written all over your face. Oh, no, really? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and, and, and I know that. So when I'm entering into a situation where I'm interacting with a teacher and it might not be a pleasant situation, I have to be mindful of my demeanor. And oftentimes I do try to take my backup with me, Rich Bees, 
to to bring balance because I am a mom and so I'm in protect mode. But not only am I in protect mode, I want the facts. What's happening? Let's let's ensure that we're covering all bases. I'm that person. So I'm not going to go in there like my child has done no wrong, but let's lay it all on the table. Let's sift through it. Let's get to the root and let's solve this issue so that we can walk away and everybody knows what position they need to play in order for my child to get the education that they need and in order for this teacher to teach every student in that class the way that they need to be taught to get the education that they need. I, I don't know if we answered your question from the very beginning about the, the getting the emails sent home. I know that that was a, a, a scenario that was put on the table for our listeners today. But I would just admonish if you're listening and you're a teacher, just think about balanced communication and how you can make that possible so that communication will be effective for everybody. And then as a parent, if you have children, just be mindful of how you interact with the teacher. Make sure that you're building relationship with the people at the school, because honestly, your kid is there all day long, all day and if all you do is drop them off and you don't know the people that they with, then how you know that the person that's, that's around them may not be antagonizing them? You know? But if your face is known, if you're known, if the people can look at you and say, oh, that's such and such as mom, oh, that's such and such as dad, then you know what? You're doing you're doing the right thing. And the funny part is, your child actually will get get treated differently they will they will if you think about it those parents who show up for the um for the holiday parties and are bringing snacks and pta meetings uh-huh, the pta meetings they're they're the classroom parent they show up and take the kids on field trips and all this kind of stuff the teachers treat them a little bit differently than than the people who never sh- who are never there a lot differently and, and the funny part and is it's unfortunate because you know you should get the same treatment however right because some, i mean well some some people are stay-at-home people and some people have to go to work so i mean really and truly there shouldn't be a difference it should be an even kill across the board but that's not how it is and you know what the reason why it's not that way is because we're all human right we're all human and then as i stated earlier there is a system in place and this system that is in place does not want certain people to win <laughs> from the lips of rich bees <laughs> yeah, that's facts that's facts we all know that that's not that there's no secret to that so maybe maybe one episode we can talk about how we are working towards the unschooling of the schooled. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, we can talk about that. Matter of fact, we got a couple of different subjects in that area that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But listen, people, we, we, we appreciate you guys listening and jumping in on this. Um, you know, if you have some kind of comment or something, you know, please jump in. Please jump in. Go go to We're the comments. They're going to jump in on the website, teambees.com, and find the show and comment down in the comments. We can keep the conversation going. And then if you got more things you want us to talk about when it comes to this subject, let us know. Give us a scenario. We'll give you our two cents. 
Trust me. I mean, you know, we got three kids and we put time into this. You know, this ain't no fly by night thing and we're not talking fly by night situations. So, hey, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Like I said, go to teambees.com. That's T-E-A-M-B-Z.com and find a show and comment. All right. Um, but other than that, you know, um, we've come to the end of our show. Sorry for keeping you guys, what, like an extra five minutes or so. But, you know, because we're trying to keep the episodes down. We don't want to make them long. We do want to give you the type of information that, you know, you guys can use, learn from, have something to talk about and, you know, come back and listen to us next week. That's our intent. Keep your students safe. If you're a teacher, keep yourself safe. And if you're a parent, be safe.